Hey folks, Brendan here from Blue Light and welcome back to another Blue Light podcast. This is the only place you need to be to learn all you need to know about succeeding in the police recruitment process and once you're in the police, creating the most amazing, fulfilling and successful career. So today I'm going to talk to you about this one thing, this one thing folks, that I've experienced myself over the years, over decades, um, and I've experienced as well in coaching and supporting people to succeed within the police and getting into the police for decades. Not that many decades, actually, about two decades. Um, but it's just one thing that you people are continually doing, or not doing actually, which is causing them to fail at interview. So if you're a potential recruit, pin your ears back. If you're a constable and you're going for the rank of sergeant, pin your ears back. If you're a sergeant and you're going for the rank of inspector, pin your ears back. If you're hoping to transfer to another force, if you are applying for a specialist position, pin your ears back because this is going to help you so, so much. Now, you might be thinking what that one thing is. Quite simply, it's detail. It's detail. So when you are invited to an interview, invariably you'll be told it's going to be 45 minutes to an hour long and you're going to be asked several questions. Now, let's just say you're going to be asked six questions. Uh, If it's an hour long, that's 10 minutes per question. Now, you can create account for a little bit of time at the beginning and the end with niceties and, you know, thank you very much and all the rest of it. So maybe let's trim that down to eight minutes per answer. That's a lot of talking. So the interviewers expect a lot of detail. And the one thing that it's honestly, it's so consistent whenever I run my webinars, whenever I run a one-to-one coaching session, I can pretty much guarantee that this issue will crop up and there's a lack of detail. And you've already heard about the structure I like to utilize for those sort of backward-facing Uh, questions, the ones that start off with, so can you tell me about a time when you've worked collaboratively with others? Can you tell me about a time when you've changed the style of your communication to meet the needs of another? You know, that sort of thing. And we're going to look at those two questions actually today. Um, So when I ask those sort of questions, uh, when the interviewer asks those questions, they expect a really structured and detailed answer. And so we use Sal Koo, uh, forget star well you can use it if you want but in my experience it's, it doesn't give you the detail uh, people get confused between the difference between task and action so salku and there's lots of you know there's lots of small uh, components to the, each one of these stages by the way and i've not got time to go into them if you want to find out more about them join my courses <laughs> join the courses actually the way to do that is to join the facebook group so if you want to join uh, the uh, a group for potential recruits then go to facebook and search up police recruitment blue light and you'll find it in facebook groups or check the link in the blurb on this podcast if you're a serving police officer then search blue light and the word development and cadre c-a-d-r-e and you'll find a group for you in facebook groups um, the recruit one's got about sixteen thousand members and the serving police officers it's relatively new it's about three months old it's got three thousand officers <laughs> it's amazing um Anyway, that's as an aside. That's where you can find out more information about my courses, the one-to-one coaching, the webinars, and all the stuff I just talked about. So um, let's get back on track again. So this one thing, this detail. So we've got the situation where we're going to talk about the impact and feelings and things like that. Uh, that's what the S stands for. The A stands for aim. And within there, you're going to talk about the sort of options you considered. And then we're going to move into the action phase. Uh, this is one what to focus on. Uh, the rest of it stands for the R is for result, the L is for learning, and the K and the U is for knowledge and understanding. 
I'm going to focus on the action phase. Because what people tend to do is they'll describe what they did and they think they can get away with using phrases from the competency and values framework. No, you can't. Because the people who are interviewing you are real police officers. So for potential recruits, the people who are interviewing you, unless it's for the online assessment centre where it's a bit more formulaic and you can gameplay a little bit, but you still need to put detail in because you've got a five-minute answer to deliver. So, but for the final in-force interview, or for those of you who are already in the police and you're working towards promotion or specialist interviews or transferring, then the people who are interviewing you are real live police officers. And, and they probably don't understand the competencies and values framework. You know, you don't understand it, they don't understand it. Or they might have a better understanding, or they might have their own ideas about what it means. But one of the things they're looking for is a, a detailed answer. Now, I've seen this in feedback to officers. They love detailed um, answers. Well, why would they not? They're police officers. Police officers love detail. They love evidence. So present them with that evidence. So uh, let me give you a couple of examples just to make this live for you. Just have a look at the time. Oh yeah, we've got loads of time. Let me just give you a couple of examples, make this live for you. So one of my uh, recent clients um, who was preparing for their final interview to get into the police, he was asked a question, or I asked him a question, about a time when he's worked in collaboration with others to uh, work on a task or to solve a problem. And he talked about, in his role as a, a new supervisor, an acting supervisor in the organisation he worked for, there was a problem and he needed to bring everyone together to solve that problem. Great, that's the sort of thing they're looking for. Brilliant. Um, and so he talked about how he got them all in a room and he spoke to everyone and got their views and they all had different views and then he worked. He said, I worked through those views with them and we came up with a, with a solution. And that was it. And that was it. So I did something which I call the seven levels of how on him. The seven levels of how. Um, this is awesome, by the way. It works so, so well. The amount of people I've run the seven levels of how with, um, I've, I've done it with hundreds of people. I rarely get past seven. That's why I call it the seven levels of how. And this is how it works. So we said I spoke to everyone. So I said, the next question is, so you spoke to everyone. Um, how did you do spoke to everyone? He said, well, I'm, I met with them to seek their views. That's great, that. So how did you seek their views? Well, I told them about the problem, and they told me what they thought. Great. So how did you get them to tell you what they thought? Well, I asked them questions. Great. What type of questions did you ask them? Um, the penny was starting to drop here. Uh, they were open questions. Brilliant. What types of open questions? And that's when he started describing the types of questions he asked and why. And then we took it one step further, um, where I got him to describe how he actually ensured that they knew he was listening and how he probed ambiguity. So when people said something ambiguous, how he probed that and how he actually dealt with feelings and emotions that were sloshing around the room as well. So using cathartic questions like, so how does that make you feel? Um, and then moving those into catalytic questions, uh, such as, so if that's how it's making you feel, what are the causes of you feeling like that? And the penny dropped. Detail. That's what he needed. Detail. Because what he described before is just what he did. And, but that doesn't give the interviewer an insight into what you're capable of, your behaviours. And if we talk about behaviours, and let's match these against the competency and values framework, the behaviours you're being assessed against at level one 
for we are collaboratively we are we are collaboratively that's not even a word (laughs) we are collaborative talks about working cooperatively with others to get things done right tick done that one i'm approachable and explain things well so i generate a common understanding so through his his asking of questions they developed a common understanding taking time to get to know each other's each other and their perspective well, he spent a lot of time asking questions to get people's perspective, treating people with respect as individuals and addressing their specific needs and concerns. So he treated everyone as an equal in that room and he got their views, but he also got their feelings and those feelings were quite strong and they were based on concerns. So he managed to get their concerns off them and then dealt with them. Was he open and transparent in his relationship with others? Yeah, I think so, from what he described. And was he clear and appropriate in his communications? Yes, because he could describe exactly how he communicated, not just the questions he asked, but he also was able to describe how he listened. You might be thinking, how do you do that? I'll talk about that in another uh, podcast, maybe, or I go into that in quite some depth on my course. But there is a way you can describe how you listened to someone. And it's so simple, by the way. You do this all the time, but you probably don't think about how you actually do it. So there you go, folks. That's how, if you use the seven levels of how, and I think there was probably, let's just count, one, two, three, four. I've got this written down in front of me just as my notes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I think including the probing ambiguity and ensuring that you listen, there's about eight levels of how there. Wow, I should call it the eight levels of hell. No, let's just stick with seven. I like seven. Um, So you might be thinking, if you're a serving police officer and you're looking for the next rank, you might be thinking, yeah, but when you look at level two, it's all about managing relationships and partnerships for the long term, sharing information, building trust to find the best solutions and creating joined up solutions across organizational and geographic boundaries, partner organizations and those the police serve understanding the local partnership context yeah it's a lot more challenging and so it needs to be and remember if you're going for the rank of sergeant you're not there to talk about how awesome you are as a constable you're there to talk about how awesome you're going to be as a sergeant and how awesome you have been in developing and demonstrating the behaviors required of an awesome sergeant and so um, I've had a conversation with quite a few serving police officers who say, well, I'm on response and I've got no chance of doing all of those things. How am I going to be able to answer those questions? Now, you're limiting what you do, you're capable of doing based on the culture within your team there, I'd suggest. So, uh, and some of you are going to say, oh, this will never happen. Well, it'll only happen if you make these things happen. So I'm going to suggest some things to you that will hopefully catch your imagination and enable you to make some of these things happen if you're on a neighborhood team or if you're on a uh, if you're a detective or you're working in safeguarding then you're probably doing a lot of the partnership work anyway you just need to raise your level raise your game so you're taking more of a lead in things as opposed to just demonstrating an awesome constable but for most of you you're going to be on a response team now uh, let me know. I mean, you can't talk back to me, but you shout back to me if you want, or you can just drop me a line uh, via email or via the Facebook groups. Because I believe that you can create those opportunities to demonstrate those behaviours and develop those behaviours whilst you're on response. So, you know, uh, let me know, folks. You know, whilst you're on response, do you have licensing issues? 
Yes, you do, because you're bound to turn up at some Barney in the street where people are fighting or kicking off, and they've all tipped out of some pub that's been serving them so much alcohol that they're so bladdered that their behaviour has just become unreasonable and criminal. So there's a licensing issue there. Is there any reason why you can't be the specialist go-to person on your response team for licensing issues? And you've got liaison with the neighbourhood team, liaison with council licensing. No, there's no reason at all why you can't do that. Um, let's look at traffic issues. If you wanted to go into road policing unit, uh, taxis, HGVs, weight limits, um, off-road bikes, working with housing associations. And I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, oh, we don't have time for that on response. All right, well that's just for me that's just defeatist i'm sorry i'm going to be a bit blunt here it's a bit defeatist that and it's not the sort of attitude i'll be looking for in a potential sergeant i'll be looking for someone who can make this happen to persuade their sergeant and their inspector and i used to be one so i'd be very persuadable and i'd probably say yes if you could put up a good reasonable um, argument to say that if I spend half a day with the housing association on getting to know how they deal with or how we can deal better with then I think we can help tackle this divisional problem of off-road bikes or whatever it might be and as an inspector I'd be thinking yeah I'm prepared to invest that half a day of your time or even a day of your time if that can save us huge amounts of time in the future and if that can actually solve problems in the community then I'm up for that and the same goes with things like social services and mental health issues and understanding the demands at hospitals. There is no reason why you can't become the specialist go-to person for those sort of issues. So you become a specialist in mental health issues. So you help support the rest of your team and you're the, the bridge between your response team and the mental health team. Similarly for social services, I know what you're going to say, oh, they won't work with us. Yes, they will. I've worked with social services that many times. They'd love to have a better relationship with the police. But for some reason, in some places, it's just a bit sour. I think it might have something to do with those five o'clock phone calls on a Friday afternoon. Uh, similarly with a hospital, you know, do you understand the demands? Do you understand the problems that they face? Do you understand why they call the police? And you're thinking, why are they calling us? What's this got to do with the police? Um... So there you go, folks. Those are my ideas for you if you are a serving officer in terms of how to develop yourself from constable on response to sergeant on uh, whatever. <laughs> Just passing your sergeant's board. Um, oh, I could talk about this forever. I've got so many ideas around how you can uh, ensure that you're and develop this the most amazing and fulfilling career. Anyway, more about that later because I've got some ideas um, for you, which I think you're going to really, really like. Um, I'm going to say, remind me. <laughs> you can't remind me. It's a podcast. Uh, so let's take a look at another issue. Um, if we go to the competency of we are emotionally aware. Um, now, a, a common question which could link in with emotionally aware is you talking about how you have changed the style of your communication to meet the needs of someone else who might be vulnerable or might have been angry about something um, or in a stressful situation. So this is about emotionally aware. So I'll give you another live example. Um, this is about a serving police officer, actually, who wanted to demonstrate his awesome communication skills for the road policing unit. And he talked about a mental health situation and how we managed to resolve it without the person um, 
fighting or, or because he, he had been he had struggled with someone uh, he was very angry very irritable um, he was suffering from a mental health episode and oh he's going through it he's not suffering from it he was going through it and he talked about how he dealt with it but again the when he when he gave the example the what was really um, vague he just talked about how uh, I approached the person calmly and professionally. Yes, he even used that phrase. I approached him calmly and professionally and demonstrated empathy. Now, those are all things that, that you're claiming that you've done, but it's not describing how you've done it. And so when we went deeper and I started doing the seven levels of how, we started. Um, he started explaining exactly how he did those things. So he started off by talking how when he approached the person, he stopped he stopped well outside of this person's sort of circle, this person's bubble. And he stopped and he opened up his arms and said, my name is, I'm a police officer, and you'll be safe with me. You'll be safe with me. And he kept repeating that all the way through. And then he explained, he talked about how he explained everything to the individual before he actually did that thing. So I'm just going to take a couple of steps closer so you can hear me better. Is that okay with you? So he described how he did that. He also used phrases, he described how he uses phrases, I'm here because. And it always ended with, so that you can be safe, so that I can ensure that you're safe, so that we can um, find a way to solve whatever it is that you're going through at this moment in time. So, using the word because, he explained why he used the word because, because in his research, he'd done some research on communication skills. When you say to someone, uh, can I do this because, people would generally say yes. And he also talked about, again, how I'm, you'd be safe with me, I'm here to help you. And it was awesome, actually. He described how every step of the way, he explained his reasoning for asking for permission to do something, even down to taking a seat next to him. And then he described how instead of going into how you're feeling today, a big, open, cathartic question, which is too much for someone, someone going through a mental health episode, it's, it's just too much, it's too much. He just started off by saying, um, what are you doing at the moment? What, what are you doing? Where, where have you just been? Tell me where you've just been. Tell me what you've done today. He started building up a little bit of rapport with the individual and finding something that they both liked. Now, I used to do this. I've never been interested in football, but uh, if someone had a football shirt and I'd say, um, go on, tell me what your football, favourite football team is. Uh, duh. <laughs> I'd make light of it, something like that. And I'd try and talk to them about football. I'd try and talk to them about anything that they're interested in as a way of building a bridge and slowly, slowly building up rapport so eventually we can start asking questions like, how are you feeling at the moment? What's causing you to feel like that? Um, and the officer also talked about how they dealt with this individual saying, uh, you don't effing care, go on, F off. And he talked about how he mirrored back that language. So he said, so I appreciate you want me to F off, but I'm... I'm I hear what you're saying, but I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you. And I'm going to stay with you and help you and find a way to help you. And that's what I'm going to do. No, F off. And he talked about how he, the, the different interventions he went through in response to those F offs. Now, um, 
I've simplified it a little bit just for the sake of this podcast, otherwise the podcast will last forever. The detail was awesome, and it came out of, again, using that seven levels of hell. So we've gone way beyond I approach the person calmly and professionally, and I listen to them empathetically, which is, you know, it's just rubbish, really. It's just just a lot of cliches. He went into a a really, really deep description of his behaviour with that individual. Not just that, but he also explained... Um, why he used that behavior what the reasons were behind it based on some of the research based on speaking to people who um, work in mental health teams based on his knowledge and understanding is developed and where he got that knowledge and understanding from honestly the answer was awesome he went on to get the job by the way the role he was going for he went on and he got it and no surprise that he got it because he will have overwhelmed the interviewers with the sort of detail that they just normally do not get now, let's talk, take a look at emotionally aware and why this is so important. So it's at level one because he's going for constable to constable. Let's go through it now and you let me know. Well, you can't let me know. I was going to say let me know. You can't because you use a podcast. Stupid Brendan. Um, so uh, did he treat the other person with respect, tolerance and compassion? Yeah, I think so. Did he acknowledge this ind- individual's perspective, values and beliefs? Well, he, he, he did, yes. Um, I'm not going to go into the detail, but he did He did do that in terms of this person's values. Uh, because the values of this individual just did not... They, they weren't the values of the police, by the way. Uh, did he remain calm? Absolutely. Did he think about how to best manage the situation when faced with provocation? Absolutely. He talked about mirroring language back um, and then switching the conversation to but I'm here to help you, and that's what I'm going to do, that sort of thing. Did he understand his own emotions? Yeah, he talked about how, when he was told to F off, he wanted to react in a different way, but he didn't. He didn't. Um, did he ask for help and support when he needed it? No, he, he didn't do that, but you're not going to tick all the boxes in, in the competency. Did he understand the value that diversity offers? Yes, because he talked about disabilities and the need to treat people with disabilities differently according to their needs. Did he communicate in a clear and simple language so he could be easily understood? Awesomely. Yeah, 10 out of 10. And did he seek to understand the thoughts and concerns of other people, even when they were unable to express themselves clearly? This person was having a mental health episode, couldn't express themselves clearly, and he used um, communication skills that drew out slowly the thoughts and concerns and the feelings of this individual. The answer, my friends, was awesome. So this is what I'm looking for, folks. And I know you may be thinking, wow, that's a big ask, that. Well, yeah, it is a big ask, because if you want to be a police officer, you've got to demonstrate this. Getting through the online assessment centre, okay, you can get through it without going into nearly so much detail, and you're going to pass. The bar is not that high for the online assessment centre. I could coach my 12-year-old daughter to pass it. And that's not disrespecting those people who put the hard work in to pass it, but it is. When you talk to people who've done the online assessment centre, they'll say, yeah, it's very formulaic, it's very tick box, and it is. There's no human interaction at all. There's nothing. There's no human at the other end. Uh, I'm absolutely flabbergasted at the moment that for some forces, all they require is the online assessment centre. So it's conceivable. It's more than conceivable. This is actually happening. People are joining the police, and the first day they actually speak to another police officer or anyone who's got something to do with the recruitment process or HR or being in a police that's not um, the, the doctor for the medical or the fitness side. 
the first time they actually get to speak to someone in the recruitment process is on the first day they're in the job. That's bonkers. Anyway, you know, choice of those forces, their choice. I'm sure they know what they're doing. Now, if you're a serving police officer, um, again, this this is the sort of detail I'll be looking for in your interviews. Um, because you're up in front of your colleagues, your peers. They might be just a couple of ranks up, but they want this sort of lovely, wonderful detail of you. They don't want all of these sort of vague cliches. And it's going to make the uh, interview far more conversational because I know from those people who I coach that they often get into a conversation about, that's interesting, I wasn't aware of that. Or where did you find that out? Or um, cathartic and catalytic, I've never heard them described as that before. And then the individual will go into, yeah, it's part of something called John Heron's six-category intervention analysis. Uh, John Heron was a counsellor and did some research into different communication skills, which good counsellors demonstrated. I mean, what an awesome interview that is when it's very conversational like that. And some of you might be thinking, oh, no, that, that, that's never happened to me. Well, it's never happened to you because you've never demonstrated the skills in an interview to enable the interviewer to think, actually, I want to know more about that. So that's where we need to be, folks. That's where we need to be. Well, listen, I hope you found this useful. And, uh, oh, yeah, I did say I was going to tell you about something really, really interesting. So the the, the history behind the Facebook group for serving police officers was um, a couple of my clients, a few clients, actually, who've come through the process and they've, they've got in and they've found themselves in a position a year or two in where they're not quite sure where they're going to take the career. So they asked me, could you, could you do something for us to, to help us? So I put pen to paper and came up with a, a little framework which would, uh, based on everything I've done in my career and everything I've done to help develop others, uh, kind of sometimes on a bit of an unconscious level. So what I did is I th- started thinking about how exactly did I go about doing those things? How exactly have I gone about supporting other people? And I turned it into a conscious thing. And I turned it into a five-step program. Um, as opposed to 36 pages of PDR guidance from the College of Policing. This will fit on half a page. And it's forward-facing and uh, in that it looks to develop you into the future. Um, it doesn't focus on your weaknesses. Don't focus on developing your weaknesses, folks, because at best you've just been mediocre at them. Focus on your strengths and, and develop your strengths further. Because whatever role you're going to go into in the police, it's not going to be one that's going to... Um, look towards your weaknesses is it it's one that's going to play to your strengths so develop those strengths even more and find ways to mitigate against those weaknesses because it's just the way you are you can't help it it's just the way you are um i don't know what the obsession is in the police about developing yourself towards you developing your weaknesses anyway that's an aside so i did a webinar for them and um the recording of the webinar they loved it there's about 70 people turned up and uh, the feedback was great and I love doing it as well but where to put the recording so I created a Facebook group and then before I knew it people were asking to join the Facebook group so I changed its name and now it's got like 3,000 people in it and it's awesome serving officers who want to develop the most fulfilling and successful careers but the problem is for a lot of them they just don't have the structure within the force. They've got the PDR system, but that's very backward-looking. It's looking at evidence of your competence, so that you get paid, so you get your pay rise. And for a lot of officers, they say that they write their, they write their own, and they just don't have meaning. And so, and also the other thing that they tell me is that there's no guidance on how to approach interviews or do application forms or succeed, 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 and get those roles and get those ranks that you want to go for and, and create this awesome fulfilling and successful career some forces have that not many 
and often it's down to individual leaders. So a superintendent is really interested in organisational development. You may find that with that superintendent on that on that borough or division or wherever it might be. But apart from that, doesn't seem to be much knocking around in terms of how to support your development. And that's not that different when I was in the police. So I don't think things have changed that much. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to create something for those officers. It's going to be like this weekly club. I'm not quite sure what to call it yet. Anyway, every week we're going to meet up and we're going to do awesome practicing for interviews. We're going to practice for boards. We're going to look at forward-facing questions. We're going to look at uh, briefing skills, presentation skills, uh, completion of application forms. It's only going to be for serving officers. There's going to be a subscription attached to it. Uh, But I'm thinking... What, about £4.99 a month? Would that be all right? Uh, To get that awesome career development guidance. And I'll push you as well. I'm going to push those individuals. So there'll be no sort of sitting on your laurels. And this will be for everyone. Don't wait until the moment when it's like a couple of weeks before your uh, promotion board. The time to start developing yourself so that you can be awesome at your interview or board or whatever it might be is now. It's now. All right, anyway, more about that another time. I'm very excited about it. Um, and every week, I, um, I can't wait to join the, the serving officers in that group. A lot of them came up through Blue Light. Um, they did the courses with me, the seminars with me. And I'm, I'm delighted that some of them are now sergeants and inspectors or doing awesome things in specialist roles. It's just fantastic to see. So it's my way of continuing to develop people. And at the same time, just being quite honest, um, earn a living. This is how I earn my living. So um, I think that's a reasonable pricing point, isn't it? £4.99 a month for all of that. Anyway, let me know. Let me know what you think, folks. So, um, God, look at the time. It's almost 30 minutes. That's a long podcast. My apologies. The next one will be a little bit shorter, or it might not be. I don't know. I shall see you very soon. For those of you who are in the group, if you're not in that group, then check the links in this podcast or just search for Blue Light and Police Recruitment in Facebook groups or Blue Light uh, Development Cadre Serving Officers and you'll find the group for serving officers. Make sure you answer the questions that are posed, uh, the joining questions, because I do get some very dodgy people trying to join these groups, which is why I ask those questions. So please do answer them. Otherwise, I will decline your application to join the group. But I don't want to do that. I want you in the group, uh, joining these awesome communities. So folks, that's it for this week's podcast. I shall catch up with you very soon. Take care, look after yourself, look after each other. And um, if you are in a role that involves a blue light on top of your vehicle i love you if you are going for a role that involves a blue light on top of your vehicle then kudos to you catch up with you soon bye bye for now mm-hmm.